Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership and development as I am joined by author and executive and HR leader, William Shermer. William has 22 years of experience in the field. He has worked nationally as well as internationally in the United States and Europe, and he has been responsible for developing numerous leadership development and talent management programs. So we're going to be talking to him about his experience and as well as about his books. William, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. I'm uh, really happy to have the opportunity to be here. Well, why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, certainly. Well, as, uh, as you mentioned, I've been in HR for just about 23 years, I won't say I fell into HR, but that's partially true. Uh, I was working in the retail world many, many years ago and really enjoyed all of the people sides of leading. You know, how do you, uh, how do you find good talent? How do you nurture that talent and train people in properly so they're productive? How do you make sure your people are really engaged and that you retain them? And, um, so an opportunity came to work through a consultancy in the UK where I was living and working. And uh, that was just about 23 years ago. And so since I've been working in various companies, uh, both in the US and uh, also in Europe, mostly in corporate HR, and uh, leadership became a passion over time. And uh, of course, because leaders have such an impact on organizations, on their productivity and success, uh, how we develop our people proactively to, to lead effectively has been a, a long-standing passion. And so that's really been uh, my career. I grew up in the Midwest. I live now in Olympia, Washington. So I've traded the snow for the rain and have three grown children. Well, let's talk about leadership. What is the relationship for character to, to a good leader? basically having good character and being a great leader. Yeah, there's no, you know, there's really no perfect character recipe. Um, but what I would tell you is that, uh, and as a part of my book, The Leadership Core, I do assert that there's a few characteristics that work for most leaders most of the time. And that having this basic group uh, of characteristics often helps. And so um, we, we discuss things uh, like integrity, for example. You know, you have to be able to trust your leaders, know that your leaders are going to be people of what we would call good character, that they don't lie, cheat, or steal, that they don't gossip behind your back. You know, these, these are some of the things that we would consider cardinal leadership sins. And so I think every good life, as well as every leadership career, is built on integrity. You know, knowing that people are not, not going to manipulate you for their means, but that leaders are going to work in the interests of everybody 
involved. So integrity is certainly one of those things. It's a must-have, obviously, to build relationships and to build leadership credibility. Uh, other characteristics are discussed in the book as well. Uh, certainly, I'm a big uh, accountability advocate. Uh, I think accountability lies at the heart of performance as well as good leadership. And leaders that build a sense of accountability, healthy accountability in their teams, where people understand what's expected of them, both in terms of their behavior and performance is, is high. And also where leaders have a sense of healthy accountability to their people as well, an obligation to them to work in their best interest and to be selfless. Uh, others that we talk about include uh, responsibility, we talk about humility as well, which I think is a big one and where often a lot of leaders get tripped up as well, because as we grow in our careers and we begin to become the go-to person, uh, we begin to think of ourselves as, as the very smart one, you know, the, the, the one who feels superior to other people. And that's a problem often for leaders because leaders have to remember that they don't sit above people. They work hand in hand with people that are closest to the customer. And they're really the most important element of every organization are the people closest to the customers. So leaders serve the people who serve the customers. I think humility is a big one and compassion is a big one. We talk about compassion along the way too. The fact that leaders have to lead with both their heart and their head uh, and that we can't expect people to leave their feelings at the door when they come to work. As a matter of fact, we want them to come with feelings so we can leverage good feelings like enthusiasm, optimism, energy, uh, a sense of, of purpose and meaning. All of these things we want to harness as leaders in order to motivate our people to do well. So I, I talk in the book about those characteristics, and I think for most leaders, most of the time, they can be good things. Well, let's talk about some tips that leaders can use to motivate their teams and keep them motivated. Yeah, well, I think this subject of motivation is a really interesting one. And if I ask new leaders uh, or people who aspire to be leaders, how would you motivate your team? Oftentimes I get answers that have to do with things that they would give their team. Well, I would... I would have some or Friday lunches. I would give away bonuses and run contests. And these are all what we would call external motivators, right? These are things that aren't unique. Any company can give these away, including your competition down the road. So we have to remember as leaders that we can't over rely on these things, right? Money is the ultimate commodity. Everybody's got it. You can go down the road and get money if you want some. And so those leaders that are insightful understand how to use internal motivators. And these are things like purpose, meaning, people having meaning to their work and significance, for example. And so leveraging those is going to be much more sustainable for leaders. And that requires leaders to get to know their people. And so what, certainly one of my suggestions is you've got to get to know your people well and what motivates each of them because it's going to be different. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. And knowing that, use, those use and leverage those internal motivators. For example, purpose is a very strong motivator. 
the ability to to leverage people's desire to act for a purpose that they buy into, right? That they're passionate about. Uh, that feeling of significance or importance is one. So how leaders make their people feel valued, a valued member of the team that is an important contributor. Challenge and achievement and progress are other motivators. So for instance, setting goals that are reasonably difficult but achievable, giving people a sense of progress, that they're moving towards the goal, giving them updates, letting them know that they're moving closer. These are why milestones are used in projects. And of course, celebrating achievements. You know, these are certainly things. Uh, in inclusion and affiliation are strong motivators for people as well. We have to remember that our people want to be uh, an author of their own fate or life at work, not just a passenger. So when we include them in decisions that affect them, that we at least inform them of things that are going on so that they feel important enough to be included in the conversation and that they feel part of the group. This is this need about affiliation that's so important where people feel like they belong to a team. And so the biggest advice I think I can give is don't over-rely on money and bonuses and external motivators. That's not unique, right? Anybody can do that. But get to know your people and what ticks inside each of them, what really motivates them, because where you, where you can leverage both what they're passionate about and their greatest talents, you're going to have really high performance. Uh, it's, it's something that I've long espoused. and It's actually the title of my next book, which is called Where Talent and Passion Collide. I think if you find those two things in your team members, you'll get really good performance from them. Well, speaking of performance, let's talk about performance management. What are the basic activities involved in managing performance successfully? Yeah, that's a... It's a simple question, I think, with a difficult answer, but um, what I would tell you is one theory around performance management is that it is a three-legged stool. The first, the first leg of that stool is about understanding. And this is about setting expectations and goals and making those clear to your people. So setting goals, letting people know how you measure success, and giving them updates on their progress towards meeting the goals is really important. So how well we as a leader form those goals or expectations and communicate them is really crucial. And check for understanding. You know, check with your people to make sure that they understand what's expected and that they know what they need to deliver before they begin the activity. Otherwise, they're going to waste time doing things that don't contribute to the goal that don't meet your needs as a leader. So understanding or what we, we would call setting expectations and goals is important. The next is accountability. And we talked about it earlier in character, but people need to have a sense of accountability for their performance and behavior. And this is where we use tools like regular one-on-one -on -one meetings, group meetings with them, giving them data on their performance, uh, performance appraisals, the annual appraisal process. But we have to remember that performance management isn't an event. It's a system, right? Where we're constantly giving people feedback on how they're doing, finding out what they need from us as a leader and helping remove obstacles. So this idea of accountability, right? Checking in, 
and having a healthy situation where people know that you're there, yes, to check on progress, but also to be there and help. The third is indeed follow-up. And this is where leaders often fall down. That's the third leg of the stool. So we have to follow up often enough and do so to make sure, again, that we've got an accountability culture and that people understand that they're going to be held responsible for their activity and results. We also have to take those times when we follow up to recognize and reward people, to acknowledge good work and progress, and again, to coach and remove obstacles. So in the simplest way, I would describe it as understanding, ownership, and follow-up. And again, you've got a, a raft of systems in organizations to be able to help you, whether it's feedback tools like 360-degree feedback loops, regular one-on-one meetings, annual appraisals, one-on-one conversations and data, all of these things you can use. And if you organize them well as a leader, you're going to deliver much more consistent performance through your people. Well, let's talk about new leaders. You know, a lot of times new leaders have trouble developing effective teams. What are the most common reasons you feel that they have this trouble developing an effective team? Um, I, I, you know, I think with new leaders, Curtis, it's, uh, it's the fact that new supervisors uh, who never led before think that leadership is about telling people what to do. And it's not, right? Leadership is about delivering results through the efforts of others, but it's about being a resource for them. And this is where the idea of servant leadership comes in. And so I think new leaders have to get to know their people. And oftentimes they completely skip this team building step where they need to get to know their people, what desires they have for their career development, what they need from their leaders, how they like to be communicated to. All of these different things have to be done in order to build relationships. And in the end, that's the commerce that you trade on as a leader. It's all about relationships. And if you build up a foundation of good, healthy relationships where people understand that you're going to back them up, you're going to help them and do what's in their best interest as well as the companies, you'll be fine. But you have to also build your team. And that means finding good people, setting the ground rules up for how people conduct themselves in the team and putting structure in place, like the structure of the team and the resources you'll use. And that isn't often thoughtfully done as a new leader. And you really have to do plan that out. You have to think about how you're going to have those conversations and set a structure in place so that team is your team. I think the other mistake people make early uh, when they inherit a team is to just stamp their authority on the team, to skip all of the relationship building conversations and just somehow make change for its own sake so you can call that team your own. And that's not a good idea either because you may be making changes before you really understand uh, the context of the team and how things operate within the team. So remember first, it's all about building relationships as a new leader. Well, let's talk about personal, personal development. What are some of the characteristics that are needed for someone to build a 
successful and fulfilling life? Well, I think uh, in, in, in that, again, right, it's, a, it's an easy question with, I think, a very difficult answer. But some of the elements we talk about generally in leadership development also apply in your life. And I think, firstly, is character. Uh, I certainly espouse those same character traits in, in people as we do in, in leaders of people. And so I think you have to act based on character. I think that's the foundation to any good life. The other, and I think it's talked about more and more over this last generation, is about what we would call EQ or emotional intelligence. And that really means getting to know yourself, both from your own perspective and understand how other people view you as well. And we talk about this pretty extensively in the second book uh, that I have that's coming out early next year called Fulfilled, uh, How to Find Joy and Prosperity in Life. And this idea of, of self-awareness is really important. You know, you, you, you can identify what your passions are, what your talents are, uh, and what makes you happy if, if you're a stranger to yourself. And so you need to develop the sense of self-awareness and also be aware of how other people perceive you. Oftentimes we have relationship problems because we're ignorant of, of how other people view us, including some of the things that we need to change in our behavior. Um, so this, this sense of self-awareness, a sense of emotional self-control and our attitude is important. Out of all the things going on in life, our attitude is one of the few things that we can control every single day when we wake up. So the book talks pretty extensively about that, as well as resilience, you know, having that ability to bounce back from adversity and difficult circumstances is something that can be developed. And in the book, we discuss some resources to help you develop some sense of resilience and be able to rely on those resources when times are tough, so to speak. Uh, other things certainly include, of course, the ability to build good relationships and manage those. Uh, I, that's absolutely critical, of course, to your happiness in life. And also that sense of, of self-development where you are prepared to be a good learner and make the most of experiences that you have in life too. And so late in, in the book, Fulfilled, we talk about uh, how to prepare yourself to be a good learner and how to be an effective learner as well. So all of those things I would describe, there's probably five or six things there uh, that I would tell you are, I think, keys to greater fulfillment in life. Um, I don't think any, anyone ever says, I have a fully fulfilled life. We're always seeking something. But I think those are some of the resources that you can use to be happier in your life. Speaking of your books, go ahead and give us a brief description of each book and tell the listeners what they can expect if they read them and where to purchase them. Yeah, certainly. So the, the, the first book is called The Leadership Core, Competencies for Successfully Leading Others. And that book is out now worldwide online. You can buy it through barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, and, and a number of other retailers. Uh, it's really meant to be a primer for leaders, both new leaders and experienced leaders, reminding them of several core activities that they need to do well in order to be successful. So we talk about character, we talk about motivation, 
building teams, and that includes hiring as well, uh, how to develop people, how to manage change, and how to manage performance. And there, there are breaks along the way in which a few questions are asked to the reader for them to reflect on their leadership. Uh, the second book is called Fulfilled, Finding Joy and Prosperity in Life, and that's constructed very similarly. There's a few subjects we, we hit on, and they include character as well as resilience. Uh, we talk about self-development. Uh, we talk about managing change and resilience as well, uh, managing relationships, and of course, emotional intelligence. So there's about six main sections there. And again, pauses for the reader uh, to think about a few questions in each of those sections. Uh, that book will be out in ebook in January. It's published through Morgan James Publishers. And that will be out, uh, again, an ebook through Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com and others with the print version to follow in April. And so that book really is about personal fulfillment whereas the leadership core is about primarily a leadership primer on, on successful leadership. And the third book, hopefully, will be out late next year uh, called Where Talent and Passion Collide, which is really going to be about uh, talking about how to identify and use your core talents and how to identify your passions in life. And hopefully where the two come together, oftentimes you find excellence in your life. And so you should see that hopefully out late next year as well. So I know you work nationally as well as internationally in the United States and Europe. Is there a difference in the leadership style that you either taught or that works or are they both basically the same? All things that you talked about in this interview apply to both countries. Yeah, I would say, so there is cultural context to leadership, but what I would tell you is I, I wrote the book with the idea in mind that the concepts, of, I think, are universal. I think they apply wherever you may be. Um, but certainly, uh, there are some communication styles that are more indirect than others, uh, and some power relationships that differ depending upon where, where you are in certain countries. Uh, and so open debate and challenging your leader in certain countries just isn't done. It's not a part of the culture. And so as I provided leadership training in certain uh, countries, uh, I noticed that. Whereas uh, perhaps in the U.S., in certain areas of Western Europe and in India, for example, I found there to be much more open, very direct debate, including challenging the leader or the speaker. So there's some cultural context there, but I think the general concepts we've discussed and that are in the book are very much universal. I know you have, you're working on a book for next year, but are there any other current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about? Well, in terms of, of authoring, no. Uh, what I would say is uh, I'm also, have, I've also developed a number of online courses uh, around the leadership core. There's several courses that complement the book. Uh, and, and so those people that want to dive into leadership in some more depth can certainly explore those courses. It's through uh, an online company called Farsight Leader, uh, excuse me, farsightlearning.com. So that's farsightlearning.com. Right now there's seven leadership courses out there. There's going to be a couple more added 
And then there will be a number of courses around personal fulfillment uh, based on my book, Fulfilled, that should be available on Farsight Learning by the end of the first quarter, 2022. So farsightlearning.com, any other websites or social media links so people can connect with you and learn more about leadership and personal yes. development? Absolutely. Always love to hear from, from anyone who's got uh, an interest in personal growth and fulfillment or leadership. And you can find me at willshermerofficial.com. Uh, that's my main website. Uh, you can also find me uh, on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. And uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. So you can certainly find me there as well. Facebook as well. So I guess I'm sort of all over in terms of establishing that uh, social media presence. All under the handle Will Sharma Official. Yes. Uh, Will Sharma Official uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, online, and Will Sharma One on Twitter. All right. We'll close us out with some final thoughts on leadership and personal development. Yeah, I think, uh, well, with respect to leadership, I think it's very much understanding that if you're going to lead people and, and capture their, you know, their hands and feet, uh, you've got to firstly capture both their heart, hearts and minds, right? And so you have to remember that leadership isn't just about logic. Uh, you're dealing with people's emotions at work. Uh, and that's a reality. And so the better relationship you build up with them and the more you can understand and leverage emotion for mutual benefit, right? Not to manipulate people, but to do what's in their best interest as employees and the organization's best interest as well is important. And lead with character. Your character is the only thing that you take with you wherever you go in life. And it's priceless. So I think leading with character and integrity is important. In terms of personal growth and fulfillment, I think it's very much a journey. You know, there's a lot of authors and, and practitioners on, on personal growth that I love. Um, and it's a journey. And I think most of that journey in life is about finding yourself. Uh, Self-awareness and self-discovery is important. And I really would encourage people to delve into this idea of, of greater emotional intelligence and building resilience as a path to happiness understanding that that our happiness often doesn't depend on what happens to us, but based on how we react to it. And really there's where emotional uh, intelligence and resilience come in. So uh, yes, hopefully uh, uh, people will find that advice useful. And uh, whether you are interested in personal growth or leadership, very happy to keep in contact with, with anyone. Ladies and gentlemen, Will Shermer, leadership, and personal development, please be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible who are interested in leadership and personal development and Android listeners. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. William Shermer, thank you so much for joining me today. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thank you. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.